welcome. We invite you to open up your minds and your heart. And join us, for I am not that. Liberating the self from the self. And now your hosts, Tezra and Koa. So welcome everyone to I Am Not That Podcast. I am your co-host, Tezra. And I am Koa. And as uh, I Am Not That Podcast. Liberating the self from the self. So we are very, very excited to have our featured guest today, Michelle Brock. Um, I met Michelle a few years back uh, through a friend of ours. And, um, and has been very excited, you know, to meet her. And every time we see each other, we, we always have a good time. She's just, you know, if you want to have a good time, go out with Michelle. She's <laughs> all down for a good laugh and yeah, very free spirited. Um, but Michelle is a, is a past life regressionist. So we want to um, introduce her and have her talk a little bit about herself. And then we're going to get all into um, what we think we are because we're not who we think we are seriously yeah so <laughs> welcome michelle this is this is amazing it's been a long time yes thank you thank you so much for having me no i i really i really appreciate you know and like i said i wish we could talk in person but this is even better <laughs> yeah, especially right now right. yeah so, so Michelle, why don't you just give us your humble beginnings? Um, you are a past life regressionist, um, and you you know you've really tapped into your spiritual beingness, um, and you know and everything that comes with that. So why don't you start off by giving us your humble beginnings as a child, and when you knew when at what point did you know you had some spiritual stuff going on here? Okay, yeah, you know, as a child, um, I grew up in a really really religious household. And um, so spirituality was something that was always discussed, but it was, you know, a specific brand or specific rules, or this is what you should believe in. And, and these experiences are okay. And these other experiences are not okay. You know, so I did kind of grow up with that container. And I had a lot of experiences that kind of challenged what I was being told at home and at church. I was kind of like, oh, but this isn't something I necessarily believe. It's something I experienced myself. Um, so that was kind of how I started on my, my journey of seeking. It was kind of like, well, what's my truth based on my own experience? And that was kind of what led me to, um, you know, study uh, past life regression. Um, I, a student of a man named Dr. Brian Weiss, who wrote a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. Um, and I read that book and I was like, oh, this is the most interesting, most compelling thing I've ever, ever um, even thought about. And because I didn't grow up with a family that talked about reincarnation or past lives as a, you know, accepted um, belief um, from, from their Christian faith, they kind of didn't uh, allow for that. There was an afterlife. There was, um, you know, some things that were discussed before you were born and what you're meant to have in life, but having a uh, reincarnating into a different body wasn't something that was an accepted belief. So Let me when ask you how, I'm sorry. So how old hmm. were you when you first started to actually break out, branch out and started seeking on your own about what age were you? Well, when I was 18 or 19, I kind of decided to break from, um, that tradition. And, you know, I did it in a rebellious way at first, of course. Right. Like, you know, I went to like a lot of Grateful Dead concerts and like, <laughs> you know, kind of like had the, the, like, you know, that rebellious, like young person kind of experience with it. But after becoming a mother, it really took a more grounded form. And I had a few um, experiences, you know, through being pregnant and giving birth to my children that felt profoundly spiritual as well. And that was also the time period that I was introduced to many lives, many masters. So in my late twenties, when I um, kind of like life got serious and, you know, I, I got married and, and had kids and I'm no longer married, but I am a mom, you know, um, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go like do some psychedelics and have a, a trippy spiritual experience. It was like from a very grounded, mature place that it came, it came from with me. Um, 
So yeah, like I said, it, it, it really didn't formulate until my, my late 20s, early 30s. And once I started to have these experiences, when I met Dr. Brian Weiss, I didn't necessarily believe in reincarnation because I'd never really thought about it. Nobody, I mean, I think maybe like in Eastern philosophy in college, they were like, oh, you know, the idea of reincarnation, it felt very Buddhist or like having nothing to do with me. It felt kind of like distant, far away. So I never was like, oh, is that a thing? You know, or can I know who I was in a past life? So when it showed up, it felt very profound because it wasn't something I was expecting or something I grew up believing or something I ever thought would be available to me that I could actually experience that I had a different body in a different form than I have now. And all of the profound shifts and changes in my belief about everything that happened after that was so deeply profound. I, I knew I had to like, give that experience to others and share it. So I've been paying it forward pretty much ever since. Well, I think that's really, really interesting that you thought something that you do now for a profession, that you thought that that was so far removed from you. Yeah. But yet somehow it found you. Completely. So like there must have been some link you know, through your other parallel lives or all your other past lives? I think, you know, looking back on some experiences I had in my childhood, I mean, hindsight always brings clarity, right? Like I look back at some of the things I used to talk about. I used to make up little songs, like when I was in the bathtub and my sister was like, we, we were talking about some of them. Some of them were about like grandmas that get really, really old. And then all of a sudden they're young again. And I would be like, oh, how's that's weird. Like I was almost like I was maybe like spirit guys were talking to me about mm-hmm. stuff like get trying like trying to let it get in. My sister was like, "Yeah, you used to talk about like weird stuff like that." <laughs> and I always had an imaginary friend. <laughs> my my best friend from childhood is I'm still very close with her. She was like, "Yeah, do you remember Roger? Roger always had to have his own chair. You couldn't sit on Roger." I'd be like, "Hold on, I'm talking to Roger." Like, leave me, you know. And so I think that you know, if we're open to, I'm a, I'm a much more open parent. My children talk about things like this all the time. And I kind of acknowledge it in a different way, but I think in our culture, and particularly when you do have a religious background, sometimes these things get shut down or not acknowledged in a certain way. So I think they were always there, but never nurtured or encouraged, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, so go ahead. Um, so for everyone that's listening or watching, um, can you just define um, past life regression? It's like, what, what does that actually mean? What, what do you do? Yeah, so past life regression, the word regression means to explore a memory from a time before. So when you have a past life regression, you're exploring a memory that comes from a past life. And the concept behind it is that we carry all of our experiences from our past lives, from our our experiences in the spiritual realm between lives. And, you know, some people also believe that because quantum physics is proving that like, you know, time doesn't actually exist, that maybe we could tap into potential futures, parallel, you know, who knows, right? There's a lot that we don't understand. But the idea is that all of that information exists inside of us, that we actually carry this resonance and these memories from a past life. So what I do is I help guide people to that inner wisdom to that inner place where they kind of know who they are on a deeper soul level and the way that I kind of lead them to that eventual conclusion is by showing them memories of when they were in different bodies in different forms and look different different genders different ethnicities right like different backgrounds so um that really what it does is it really just kind of shatters your concept of like like who you think you are right when you look in the mirror like oh that's me no no, it's not. <laughs> right? right. So it's, it's a really powerful and, and often life-changing experience, but I hope that answered that question. It's a, it's a specific yeah. technique that I guide the people to those specific memories where they had a different form in a different body. No, that definitely answers it. That, that's awesome. <laughs> kind of reminds me of someone, uh, he, he told me he described our bodies. He said, uh, well, that's, it's your genetic suit. It's like mm. what you need to use if you want to play in this realm you need a genetic suit so right 
You suit up. You suit up, and then and then when you're done, you like which suit's coming next, right? Which suit? Which suit will like help me live my purpose in the in the most profound way, right? Which so. suit will suit me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to point out that for our listeners, right? Some of them may be having the same very experiences that you had, as far as like when you were brought up in the church and taught to believe a certain way and taught that, you know, this had to be a certain way in order for you to attain that. Or if you do this, then you're damned to that. And I had that same experience where, where what I was being taught was conflicting with my inner wisdom, my inner self. And I was like, well, this doesn't quite seem right. But my whole world was surrounded and dictated by these teachings. Yeah. So I wanted to encourage people for viewers who are maybe watching or listening that it is okay. Nothing is going to happen to you if you <laughs> go out and seek what your spirit seeks to, that, that's telling you that there's something more, Yeah, you know, don't be afraid to give um, life and, and let that voice be more vocal in your life and lead you because you never know where it could end up. You know, most people who are Christians are really surprised when I inform them that actually reincarnation was an original tenet of the Christian faith, mostly because it did originally stem from Judaism, right? And you can't really understand Kabbalah and mystical Judaism without understanding reincarnation. But um, what ended up happening was, I think it was the year 462, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but when the Roman Empire became the Holy Roman Empire, which was at the advent of the conversion of Emperor Constantine, basically they had, uh, you know, up until then Christianity had been all these different sects and different offshoots of like mystical traditions, right? that stemmed from the teachings of Jesus, they decided that they needed to codify it. We have to get together. We have to like vote and decide like, what are the rules? Cause all of these different sects had different beliefs and different systems and reincarnation was voted out. Mm-hmm. And the person whose idea it was, was actually Emperor Constantine's mother. And what she said was, well, if people believe that there have more than one chance it'll be harder to implement the social control that was necessary under this like codified system of Christianity and politics. So when I tell Christians that they're like, what? I'm like, yes, that's actually as part of a mystical tradition. It's not anti-Christian. It's really not. You know what, Michelle, you just confirmed something. So I know that to be true because we listen to Ram Das a lot. Mm, yeah. Ram Das said the same exact thing like if people know that oh this is not it like I could you know there's another you know I'll get another chance and another chance then then they can't control you in this time so therefore since we can't control that then we have to you know boulderize that yeah get that out of there and I think that this is kind of what's happening collectively here on planet earth as we're starting to evolve past these like systems, these patriarchal systems in, in, in favor of more like personal truth, right? Where like, you know, the reemergence of like, um, you know, meditation as a practice and yoga coming to the Western world and even Kabbalah being more mainstream. I think that that's kind of what is happening. And you can see that our systems are starting to be like, you know, a little shaky because people are like, well, that's not my truth. Right. Right. Or the government has, can't tell me what to do. Or like, I don't believe something just because it was told that I should believe it. And I think that that's a process that's going to continue probably for the next few hundred years. And it'll be exciting to see where we evolve and grow you know, kind of from that. But I I feel like, you know, what you guys are doing with your podcast, we're all kind of contributing to that kind of collective new understanding of humanity that we're, you know, we're, we're evolving. That's why we reincarnate, right? What's the whole point of having a past life or a future life if it's not to come here and experience lessons, right? In order to grow and change. So that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, well, I'm so happy that you uh, talked about that, of how it was indeed a part of, you know, and the, and the groundwork of, of Christianity until they found out that uh, we can't we can yeah. c- control and manipulate people. Yeah, yeah. I haven't um, just like done just a ton of research and fact checking, but I have heard that the, it, there was a lot of um, editing going on and what will be the final Bible and what can be what, what the people are ready for and all that kind of 
uh, yeah. sense of control and and I can't, I can't remember what year it was, but when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, but it wasn't, was it in the 80s, I think, like, where all of a sudden it was like all these different books of the Bible that had been left out that they found these old copies of, including like, I think the book of Mary Magdalene and like, and everybody's like, wait, what, what is this? Like, <laughs> that it was actually archaeological evidence that, that exactly the, the version of the Bible we use today has been edited, cut scissored pay oh like oh that's too controversial or that's going to give people too many freedoms or that's going to give women too much power let's take all that out right so um yeah. i think and i think make that, the downfall make it the you know downfall of mankind the yes. slyly you know invited adam like all of this stuff seems yeah i've heard yeah. it's been most crafted to for a lot of different reasons so. yeah you know and, and anti-feminism you know i think is is you know, a part of a part of our history that is 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 kind of coming out, right? Like the idea of the woman as the witch or the fallen woman, or you know that kind of thing. And it's it's um, thank goodness for men like you that acknowledge women in their feminine power, right? Oh, I think that a lot of that has changed. Yeah. So the, the 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 real like beasts of the <laughs> of the uh, of the human species, like really just the powerhouse, and it was like. Uh, let's like let's do that because yep. we don't need everyone joining that bandwagon because it's truth. terrifying and we can't control it and we can't understand it and right and it's and it's this really powerful thing right exactly. yeah yep. <laughs> and yeah and it's all and it all boils down to power right yeah um, it all boils down to power control and influence and and i think mm -hmm. that's the reason why there is such a distinction First, um, it, let's start with the skin pigmentation mm -hmm. and then, you know, with women, because those are the two realms that threatens the power, influence, and control the most. Yes. So because of that, we had to continually make this distinction between the skin, the skin pigmentation mm -hmm. or that women are second class or less than to, to men. So this is the purpose of our podcast because we want to jolt people, shake people up and wake them up yeah. and make them realize that your skin pigmentation has absolutely nothing to do with the type of quality of life that you want to live only unless you allow it to because your, your skin pigmentation is no different than your heart, right? Yeah, It's a part of your body. And so that's why we were excited to have you on because we are not who we think we are. Not you know, we think that we are the person who is wearing the skin pigmentation. Right. Or occupying, like he said, your current suit. You know, one of the things that I learned pretty quickly when I started doing this work was just how universal this you know, humanity is when you look at it through this lens, like reincarnation is the great equalizer. We have been all things before we will, we, we, we experience things um, for specific lessons, but we are everything and we are nothing. Right. And we're all kind of connected through this, um, you know, larger journey over many lifetimes. So I did realize pretty quickly that I was, onto something that really taught people in a practical firsthand way what equality actually means. Like if people really understood how reincarnation works worldwide, there would be world peace. There would be acceptance, right? So yeah, the idea of power and control and, you know, otherness, right? You're this, your skin is that color. My skin is that color. We're different, right? That whole concept is directly challenged by doing this work. And I watched people experience being, I, I had this one man one time, this was so funny. He was this like Wall Street guy, you know, he's like one of those like, yeah, I'm a guy. In his past life, he remembered being a woman. And it was like, I think maybe sub-Saharan African because he was topless in his past life. And he was like, I'm a woman. And he was a woman of color and, and he, but he kept, he was obsessed with his breasts too. Like he's sitting there, but he had this tangible moment where he experienced being in that body and the feelings of being that and, and how 
much power he had in it. I can't remember like the specific kind of story, but I'm like, I bet you he works in an entirely different way, you know, with like maybe his hiring practices or the way that he regards, you know, women, women of color. Like, I don't know, but because that experience just alone, like, oh, I, I was that and, and the feeling of that. Um, you know, when I was young, I used to walk by a mirror. This sounds like really strange, but I used to like do a double take. I'd be like, how is that? <laughs> like, that's me? That's not, that's what I look, I guess like I woke up, I'm like, where did I live this time around? I don't know. So, you know, what I do when I work with clients is I directly challenge the concept of, of who they were it, who they are and and then that larger like you said like we're we're, we're everything and nothing right we, we we're a soul on a journey and sometimes we choose specific forms that have challenges with them right in order to kind of learn and grow I often when I was a child would think about like well why are some people handicapped right why do babies die and some people live to be a hundred or right it just, that whole concept of like fairness for me is super important. I'm also a Libra and a Libra rising and I have a big stellium of planets in Libra. So that equality fairness thing is like stitched into my, um, my being. Um, but I think what's so interesting and unique about the experience of doing a passive regression, it's like a take home, like, oh, that's not me. And you can experience it. it, has emotions with it, it has feelings. So um, like I said, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's my life's work, obviously, but I love being able to share that practical, tangible experience with people that can kind of take home, like, okay, we're all equal. We've been rich, poor, male, female, black, white, right? Anything in between. And kind of the way that we view each other and respect each other for their your specific life path that you chose in this life. You don't get to say, oh, I was a person of color in a past life. So that makes it like I'm like, you know, equal to the experience of being choosing that life path in this life, right? That's like a super important part. Like I'm just kind of like, no, you don't get to do that. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You get to like have compassion and empathy and understanding for the specific challenges with that. But like, you know, some people, I think that's the mistake some people kind of make. They're like, oh, well, we're everything and nothing. But it's like, no, you chose your life path with your challenges that were unique to you specifically to allow your soul to kind of grow from it. So we don't get to like equivalate it, if that makes sense, but we get to like honor it. That's, that's my, that's my take. That's my approach with it. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that reminds me of uh, uh, some other um, lectures by Ram Das uh, when he talked about um, he talked about people having handicapped uh, you know circumstances that mm -hmm. from the soul's point of view or from someone who's really trying to just do some some work in the physical realm he yeah. said something along the lines of oh this time I want to really pour it on I want to be handicapped uh, I want to be pregnant at thirteen I want to mm -hmm. die at seventeen like he's like I'm gonna pour on all the <laughs> Karma, karma, all the karmic circumstances that I can get into. And just do so, some yeah. real work, man. Yeah. Real work, yeah. <laughs> and then he also explained, because I was thinking about that same conversation. Mm -hmm. And then he also explained how you had mentioned how some babies die and some people live to be 100. And then he um, also gave very good insight, you know, um, that when a baby comes into form and then they leave, that was their trip. Yeah. You know, yeah. that they fulfilled that karma for that lifetime. And they're like, okay, now, you know, on to the next or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's definitely. Yeah. I was going to say, even, even being very um, integrated with each other, sometimes that that's, that's your trip. You know, that that's what you would call a short trip, but the effect that that may have had on someone else, a parent or something, that's their part of their journey. They yeah. have to do that. So that person, I came to help them work out that stuff. Like it's, it's very integrated. It's I nice. absolutely love that you said that because it is about how we learn and grow together, right? The, the, the meaningful um, relationships that we have, um, the way that we connect with each other and the way that we impact each other is, is why we're here. I, I say this all the time, like, you know, hashtag love is why we're here, you know, like, it sounds like uh, 
trite almost, but it's, it's really true, right? So sometimes like, okay, say, um, you know, and this happened uh, to me and my family, my sister actually lost a, a, a teenage son a couple of years ago. He was the most evolved of all of us. Like he was just this bright and you could almost like not for this world in, in any way. He, by exiting when he did, he changed everyone's life. He mm. brought, he brought peace to a family that had been fighting, you know, I mean, it was just this like beautiful soul contract, but it was incredibly difficult, obviously, but like the growth that we got from that challenge. And I, like I said, that's the, that's the higher viewpoint, right? When you're in the middle of a challenge, you're like, this is going somewhere, right? Like this has, <laughs> this is making me, you know, better. And sometimes it is through the lessons that we give to each other, right? In, in, in a good way and in a bad way, right? Those challenging relations, that person that just always makes you so mad, right? Like that's where your growth too. And there's, so for people who are interested in like what an experience is by having a past life regression, can you kind of like just walk us through just so that they can kind of get um, a feel for what, what they would go through? Uh, because we're also going to get your information at the end so that people, if they want to, you know, schedule with you, yeah, have, because awesome. um, I actually want to have a, a past life regression. Yeah. I, I want to see, oh, let me ask you this before hmm. I go there. I have such a love for dogs and such a love for, you know, animals, period, right? And is it possible to have incarnated as an animal before, or do you mostly stay on this plane as a human being, or can you jump through different forms? Yes, I have had people experience past lives as animals. And, and anybody who spent time with animals, like, knows their consciousness is like, the oh same gosh. as ours. They just can't communicate it in the same way, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're, they're, all the love and empathy and feeling is there. Um, most of the people that work with me, though, don't remember past lives as animals unless it's relevant, unless it's something they can reference. For example, I do have a couple of people I've worked with who are um, shamanic practitioners um, who have a Native American background. So remembering a past life as a deer is something that they can reference, right? Where a, another random person would be like, I'm a deer. Like, <laughs> right. what's the take? There's usually a takeaway. Right, because right? for listeners, uh, shamanism, they use animals a lot. Right, the and idea of spirit animal or power animal. animal. So if that's an energy someone's familiar with and use. I also have a good friend who had a past life one time where she remembered uh, her cat was her husband, her human husband in a past life. And I remember we laughed and laughed about it because that cat hated her husband in this life. Like he would hiss it, he would be like, take up his space on the bed. He'd hiss at me, you'd look at him like. <laughs> and she was so deeply connected to this cat. And I think the cat did pass a few years after that, but we, she was just like, that's why I just, that the cat's the love of my life. <laughs> but mm -hmm. in this life, she was meant to explore love connections with other soulmates. So they're like, oh, I'll come and be your cat. So I'll be around you. It's unconditional love. So, I mean, that has come up a couple of times. But like I said, it's usually if someone can specifically reference it. Because the whole point of a past life regression is that there's a takeaway. Like, you know, it's not necessarily just like, oh, it's archaeology and it's like fascinating. It's the past. You know, um, as a life coach, I try to help people discover past lives that are impacting them right now today and or informing their journey in some way. Mm. So that's why you get to have the memories kind of come because it's sacred, right? It's like, it comes from spirit. It's, it's, it's not like, oh, you need to know your past life. It's, it's, it's a it's ancient wisdom that I consider very sacred. So it's it's to be in service of that person, not just because it's cool, right? That it's going to help them in some way or provide some healing or insight or um, something important that they need to let go of that's holding them back from the future they'd like to have, right? Because it's really this life that matters and the future that we're creating with our choices that matter the most. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I ask a, a, a fun question? Yeah. 
I like fun questions. Do you ever have a, um, a uh, like a session with someone? Do you ever have a, a TMI session where it's like, oh, you were a porn star in your last life. You were really good at it. Like you were a porn star the last five lives. I don't know what's going on with you. Like, have you ever revealed a lot of information that was like weird or uncomfortable or anything like that? Hundred percent. Well, I mean, I I don't view it as uncomfortable because I actually it's like shadow work, right? And and also too, like prostitution is the oldest profession, right? We've all done it. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm serious. It's like, you know, we like, like looking at it through a compassionate lens where, you know, um, some people just are, are more drawn to that, like kind of the, the darker side or the shadow side of like, yeah, sex and exploitation. And um, I, I'll share one of, of my own past lives. It was a really long time ago, but I remembered being a man who was a totally horrible womanizer. And actually I was a horrible person. And I actually had specifically a thing for like, other men's wives like you know like I would kind of and I just like I was just like watching myself doing this from the perspective of me now being like I'm an asshole like <laughs> what, what am I doing right but it was it was for power it was for you know get, like like get, like all that stuff that we as humans are looking to kind of overcome and explore I do work with a lot of people I have had clients who um were are former uh sex workers in this life that are looking to kind of explore you know that that part what what drew them to that um I, i've had a couple people i've worked with that have you know some like i said the the dark and the light the shadow like we we all experience all of it um i haven't found any porn stars in the past but that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you're dancing at the, at the court, like, you know, in 2000 BC, is that count? That's like the, you know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so, so yeah. nothing's really off limits. It's like this, it's the full spectrum. You know, it's, it's a deeply personal um, experience and, you know, it involves a lot of trust in me actually to kind of let people kind of let it all hang out like that. And the, the way that I navigate that is by being trustworthy. You know, I'm not going to be like, Oh, this is who Tesra was in her past life, you know, or like, you know, or it, it's just because it is so sacred and so personal, but it is sometimes the bad stuff. Like, um, you know, we've all killed somebody in a past life, right. Or we've all done things that we regret. The good news is we've evolved right? Like we, 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 we don't judge ourselves for what we did in kindergarten when we're in like grad school, which is really what 2021 feels like to me. It's like grad school. Well, you know, people are like, oh, what if I didn't have a past life before? I'm like, if you're alive in 2020, 2021, and you've never been here on planet earth before in a human body, you in the wrong place, right? <laughs> it's like very complex, very deep, like lessons that are, are complicated. It's not like, caveman stuff where you're like oh he jumped in my cave is he hungry or should I kill him right like the, <laughs> that's a simplified I, I just kind of look at it that we've all kind of evolved but um a lot of people are worried they're like well what if I was Hitler in a past life well I haven't found him but you know I don't know if if he's incarnated or, or you know what uh, he, he's obviously on on his journey he has some evolving to do probably before he gets to the point where he would want to do his own like inner spiritual work right a lot of people are worried they're going to be a horrible person in a past life well you were we all were right that's kind of that's my approach to it mm -hmm. so Awesome. So I, I think we want to really um, make sure that we, we, we get into uh, how um, how people can empower themselves and not be stuck, you know, in, in, in like we were saying, like in the skin, in the gender, in the particular role or background that they have now. So I'm glad that we're, we're discussing this. I think yeah. we want further no. get into, into that like and i think it's important too to, to to there are many paths to this truth right i'm just offering one and it happens to be one that i found myself but you know there are there are there are many pathways that all lead to this this one kind of universal truth so and one thing I, I was thinking of a moment ago before i forget it um 
because there, I'm sure there are people listening and watching who um, they they just and it's fine, but they just have a hard time swallowing certain things. Like, oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I hear you guys all talking about it, like it's all true and all good, but I don't know about any of that. I mean, all I know is this life right now, and that's fair enough. Um, but one thing I, I've noticed, if you really look around at nature, um, you see reincarnation all over the place from apple trees to like, you know, to the seasons to things coming and going and things giving rise to, you know, even on, on all levels from something being eaten and dying and then give, and then living again through that which ate them. Like it's, it's all over the place, whether it's a star dying and then giving birth to new stars from it. It's, it's like, it seems like it's everywhere. So you can observe it even if you don't, if, if it's hard to swallow something like this because it's not tangible, you can't, you can't prove it, so to speak, and air quotes prove it, you know? So it's like, you, you can look around and see these things. I mean, what do you, do you think? I think that was so beautifully put that we're a part of nature, right? So why would we have these processes that happen all around us all the time in nature and be separate from them? And, and this is um, a big kind of thing of mine is like look, looking to the wisdom of the past, right? Indigenous people in every continent lived in a way that where they were connected to nature, right? Where they understood that, you know, as above, so below and the cycles of nature would happen. Uh, indigenous people pan globally believed in reincarnation, right? We kind of took ourselves out of nature and into our studio apartments and like riding the train. Like we're, we're, we're kind of disconnected from that truth. But I think that, I think that that's a really beautiful point. You're kind of like, well, why not reincarnation? Because this is what we can see all, all the time. Most people, um, you know, if I start asking them, okay, but have you had an experience about, well, like somebody who died, who came to you in a dream, or did you have a deja vu sensation and you've been somewhere that you felt before? Most people will say yes. Mm -hmm. We just don't talk about it as openly in this culture as I think that we should. And I, and I think that that's changing. I think that's part of it, but I think that's really very beautifully articulated. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. that was great. And I, you know, and it's funny because even the, um, what do we call them? when we have moments that we deja vu, mm -hmm. even deja vu, we just count it off as, oh, deja vu. Like that's just, you know, not knowing that that is linked mm -hmm. yeah. to, to us in, in our lives. Like yeah. certain things like overlap or, you know, and repeat so closely that I was like, wait a minute, I, I, I did this. Like I saw this, this conversation was happening. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Can you speak to that? Well, deja I think- vu? I think that there's, uh, I think it's an Albert Einstein quote. It's like, there are two ways to live. One is with, as if nothing were a miracle and the other as if everything were a miracle, you know, kind of like people who like, and, and I do this. Like if I see 11, 11, I'm like, Ooh, it's a sign. Right. Or like, um, <laughs> if I see a feather on the ground, like my kids make fun of me, I'll be like, ah, oh, it's a feather. It's like my spirit guide speaking to me. Right. To me, like an experience is like deja vu or meaningful dreams, right? Or, you know, meeting somebody and you felt like you knew them before. Like you, you can, yeah, you can ignore it and be like, eh, it was a brain fart or like, you know, whatever. Or you can be like that spirit trying to speak to me. That's my eternal soul telling me that this is just a... <laughs> It's the matrix, right? Not to not to like talk about that film too much, but the concept I think is is very right. Can kind of unplug, and then you're living, and you look at things from a different lens and a different viewpoint. So all of a sudden, everything is meaningful, you know. And to me, the first time I had the experience of a past life regression, I saw myself as a different person, a different body, and then all of the implications that came with that that was my unplugging. Now everything's a miracle. Everything happens for a reason, right? Um, that's kind of my take on it. And it, it, that's a personal journey for some people. Some people it takes tragedy to, to unplug, right? Or, or hardship. Um, some people can get there from meditation, from uh, spiritual practice. Like I said, there are many paths to that truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Michelle, tell us some of your practices, because I know that you do past life regression, 
but you also um you're clairvoyant you you have some other gifts as well that, because mm -hmm. like once you tap into one spiritual gifts gift uh there's just all, others just like naturally flow open as well right. so can you um speak to like some other spiritual gifts that you have so into? you know i did have a lot of um kind of experiences with spirit as a child that I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really understand or have anyone to nurture through me, but um, communicating with people who have passed is something that I was born being able to kind of do. Um, I, I hear them. Uh, I kind of know things about them. Um, I've always kind of just like, sometimes I just know things. <laughs> I don't know how I do. Um, it's been harder to trust, but um, one of the things that I've discovered, though, when I started to do this work is that intuitive abilities and psychic gifts, I mean, yeah, some people are born with a little more of it, but you can develop it and practice it. These are human experiences. People that'll feel like I just, oh, I had a knowing, like a gut feeling about something, or they'll like have... I saw that happen in my head before it did, right? Mm -hmm. So learning to trust that is part of like developing it. Um, it's a little bit more like having like, I don't know, athletic ability or musical talent. Some people are born with more, but it doesn't change the fact that you need to practice it, develop it, hone the skill over time. Um, I'm constantly studying with new teachers, um, psychics, uh, intuitives, um, healers, I'm always adding new toolboxes uh, to my box, but you know, it's it's a matter of like just practicing how to kind of trust. But you know, the hardest one is like just sometimes you just know things and you don't know how you know it, and you're like, ah, you know, raise your hand if you've ever doubted. You're like, wish you trusted your gut and didn't. Right? right? right. We all mm -hmm. can reference that. So, you know, it's just a matter of of making it a practice to to explore and discover. So if, if a person was to uh, schedule a session with you, because I guess now you're doing uh, sessions via Zoom. Mm -hmm. Are you doing? Oh, okay. yeah, I actually started doing sessions by Zoom in 2015 because people that were not in New York wanted to work with me. So I didn't have to change a lot about what I do with okay. COVID because it's great. You're you're going to be relaxed, right? Why relax in my space when you can be relaxed in your space, right? Exactly. And then I guide people through the process, through the experience. Um, it's 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 hypnosis, it's journey work. You know, it's it's a, a relaxing experience, right? Um, your job is to relax and be open to it. But I'm also kind of holding space for people. I'm I'm actively working with your spirit guides and kind of being a little bit of a um, ambassador to the other side, the realm of spirit for people on their behalf. Um, so yeah, so I, I do sessions by Zoom. It's about two hours because we have to spend some time talking first. I ask a lot of people questions about various experiences they've had in their life right now. Uh, where do they feel stuck? What, what are they curious about? Um, what are you wanting to manifest or explore? And then the second half is the actual you know, memories. And then we talk about it afterwards also too. So people are fully supported through the entire kind of process. So yeah, and it's, like I said, it's, I have the most interesting job on the planet because people are interesting, even their stories about the things that have happened to them in this life, but then you start adding past lives on top of that and it's just, you know, anything goes, so. That's awesome. So yeah. I'm sure we, we will have, we'll probably have some listeners uh, on this who may, because we have, I mean, you looked it up, I guess, some of the, the analytics or something. And sometimes there's people listening in South America and all over the world. It's like, oh, okay. Amazing. So listening everywhere. Yeah. And, and for those who don't contact you for, you know, a one-on-one -on -one or something like that, do you, what would you say to people who really just feel very entrenched in their in their circumstances in their life now, like what kind of to maybe even open them up even more to to who they are. And who's yeah, the show. I think the one thing I would ask people to kind of do is to try to look at your life outside of the blinders of like the right now, you know. And and yes, mindfulness practice is important, right? To kind of like be here now, but to kind of like 
think about the things that have happened to you before in your childhood and, and know that things are like leading you kind of somewhere and looking at your entire life as a journey. I think that that kind of approach kind of changes the way that you kind of can view things. It's not easy to do though, right? Like if you're going through a really profound challenge, you're kind of just stuck in that moment, but to kind of just know like, okay, after I get past this moment, there's going to be something on the other side, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Sure. So I, um, I become a Reiki practitioner and one of the things that we were taught was to ask for the spirit guys on my side and the spirit guys on their side to kind of assist us, right? Yep. But every time I ask for my spirit guys to come in and intervene the show, I absolutely feel nothing. So I'm like, I know people who are listening, they probably feel the same way. I'm like, where are my spirit guys? Where are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the thing, like some people feel them some people hear them, some people just kind of know, but some people have to just trust that they're there, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really different. Like some, some people expect to have these ex spiritual experiences that like come and like bang you on the head yep. and your, your spirit guide is going to introduce themselves to you and tell you what their name is and tell you why they're here. And, you know, it's often way more subtle than that. <laughs> it, it involves trust, right? It involves like allowing the process to unfold, but you know, anytime you're holding space for another person as a healer, your guides are focused on that, not you, <laughs> if that makes sense, right? right. Yes. So that's kind of like, because when you're doing Reiki for other people, you're really kind of channeling that energy to be of service to their healing, to their attunement, to, to them stepping into a higher kind of version of themselves. What I would suggest is maybe in your personal meditation practice to start asking your guides to come to you, maybe in dreams, come to you. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the context of your work as a healer, because I think that they're busy doing other stuff, mm -hmm. you know, but if you start to ask your guides, like, show me in a dream, I do this sometimes, I'll be like, I have this crazy dilemma, show me in a dream, keep a notebook by your bed, that sets an intention to your guides, I'm listening you have something you want to say, uh -huh. I'll, I'll write it down, you know, because a lot of times you'll remember a dream and then it starts to fade pretty quickly after you kind of mm -hmm. wake up. So um, yeah, that's kind of my, I'm like, when I do healing work for other people, my guides are kind of like focused on the person, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. As long as the person's receiving the Reiki. And I, like I said, I'm sure you're a brilliant healer. I'm sure people are like, wow, Tezra, that made me feel so good. I feel awesome after. And you're like, but where's my spirit guides, right? <laughs> they were, they were, they were using it for that other perfect for person for that reason. So it's kind of like, it's both like you're channeling it as a healer, but like for your own personal life, you can't just like be like, oh, I'm here to heal people. Like you also have things that you need for yourself too, right? Like, how can my right. life work easier? Or how can I have the blessings that I want? What do I need to know or understand about that? So as a healer, I'm constantly balancing kind of both, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in service to all of humanity, but I'd like a husband. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to kind of like support me on, on my, on right. my, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that's, that's my advice to so kind of keep those things as, two sides of the same coin if that makes sense mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah it seems like um a, a theme for what we've been talking about in general and even the last question is um openness being very open yeah and um there's an aspect of um, um just intention you know yeah you set the intention you're very open and then you allow it to come to you in the ways that work for you because like some people literally see they can see things right there in front of them it's not like a mental projection scene they see it yeah. so they hear very directly things and other people are like i don't hear anything else. you know it all works different ways I, the most important thing is intent mm -hmm. and being open right you're like i would like to know more about my spirit guides i would like to know more about the realm of spirit like you know i think that that's exactly 
spot on. That's the that's the entry point. That's the most powerful yeah. place you can kind of sit. Spring a little humility on it, and then you really start to feel some. Yeah, and and some curiosity too, right? They call it like in yoga, like the beginner's mind. Like, yeah. no matter yeah. how much I know, I'm always reminded of how much I don't know, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's it. That's for sure. So, share with us some of your uh, practices. So I do daily, uh, I start off with a mindfulness practice in the morning, and that's really kind of um, for myself to kind of, like, if I'm upset at one of my friends or like, uh, like that kind of helps me kind of come back to like now so that I, when I do start working with clients, that I can kind of be a, a clearer channel or a clearer vessel. Like, I don't have my own crap. In, in the way. And I've learned over time, like if I can't do that, that I have to cancel that session for today because I, I can't bring my own kind of stuff into it. Um, and it's really mindfulness. I, I do, I, I like yoga also too, but my, my, I love like, like cycling class, like spin class. <laughs> it's, that's my Zen, you know, there's some like, it's like really meditative for me too. So like moving my body and, um, laughing with my friends, like, like, like Tezra mentioned, that's something that's important to me too. Just kind of balancing being a normal person in a human body with the calling as a healer, I think is just kind of what keeps me grounded and what keeps me, um, able to kind of do what I do in the, in the way that I do it. So, you know, so you can just go meditate all day on a mountaintop, but I'm like, um, I'm a single mom in Manhattan. Like, <laughs> I would love to. I mean, I'm all for the retreat occasionally, like whatever, too. But I think it's like, you know, important to acknowledge that we are doing these spiritual practices in a modern world and we're living in community and in connection with each other. And and I always say this, I'm such a diehard New Yorker. It's more challenging in New York, too, because we're like on top of each other. Mm-hmm. But we know how to come together in crisis. We know mm-hmm. how to, you know, it's I, I find New York City to be a, a highly evolved um, like community of people, I, I, I'll never leave. Um, but it's it's challenging as well to kind of balance all that. Awesome. So. Well, this has been such a, a a beautiful conversation. It's just what I hoped that it would be, um, because I think it's very important. Because I Cole mentioned earlier about the openness, and you were talking about the openness, hmm. and I think that is so important for us for our transformation. Yeah. Um, especially as we continue to evolve, um, because when we begin to open, then we begin to realize, or hopefully we begin to realize that this is just very superficial. The skin, the skin pigmentation really is just a part of my body, just as my lungs are. Like yeah. it cannot dictate anything that I do. Um, you know, that comes from my inner self. Right. And so uh, so, so being open, I, I think that having a past life regression kind of would just like blow that whole paradigm apart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and make you realize that you are so much more than what society pegs you to be because the news, once you listen to the news it's over, you know what I mean? You have yeah. to check out. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> just all the fear. And I want to also acknowledge too, how powerful, the two of you are together, you know, and, and this is why soulmates, you know, I use like a lot of people are like soulmates, rainbows, unicorns, like, you know, soulmates come back together, reunite in order to support each other in their message and their purpose. And you guys doing this podcast, I think absolutely reflects that. And, and <laughs> oh, I have to, yeah. All right. So, so here goes the story. Okay. So he and I first started dating, right? And we were downstairs in our girlfriends of our girlfriends. I don't think you were dating yet. Well, we were like getting to know each other. I think you talked a few times. Yeah, you talked a few times. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. Right. So um, it was very early on in in that whole trajectory. So we were in the the wine cellar of one of our girlfriends restaurant. Mm -hmm. And little did I know that he had come in before me. No, wait, can I just say also too, it was a full moon eclipse and we were having a women's meditation and intention setting ceremony. We were writing down intentions. How can we align with our 
live purpose and we were like burning papers and we had mm-hmm. crystals and sage yeah. and like, we were having this really like power. It was a, 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 about six of us, I think, like mm-hmm. all very powerful women. And we chose that day specifically to kind of be like, what needs to let go? What, what needs to be brought in so that we can live our life purpose, right? So keep going. That's, yes. that, was just the, that, was what, that was the context of what day that was. Wow. I did not remember that part, mm-hmm. that it was a full moon eclipse. Mm-hmm. Wow, Michelle, really? And we had specifically, our mutual friend had invited us to come and be part of that women's meditation group. Yeah. Right. So, so, <laughs> so before I get there, he waltzes in before, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you all were there and then everybody was like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so he infiltrated the women's circle, you know? And, uh, so when I come in and they tell me that he had, well, no, he, he came in, he was looking for you. Then he left. Mm -hmm. Then you came in and we're in the middle of this meditation and he pops his head in and he's like, has anybody seen Tezra? (laughs) And we're all like, uh, we're doing something, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh. busy. <laughs> and you turn around and you look at him and you're like, hey, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So it was like, he popped in, but he wasn't with us. He just kind of like popped in and then we saw like, oh, there's some witchy women stuff going on here. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to go. <laughs> and, not, and not to mention he was on the clock. He was working. Mm-hmm. Oh, across the street. He was working. <laughs> yeah. Street, yeah. yeah. Yep. So then he popped now, in. Yeah, he popped in. <laughs> And so Michelle, and then you say, um, that is, you, you guys are going to be married in a year. Mm-hmm. Like that is your husband. And I'm like, um, oh, okay. I already know this guy, but okay. Um, and so long story short, it wasn't a year, but we did get married. You did nail it. We did, you know, he was my husband. And, um, and like you said, the soulmate thing, Michelle, I never even believed in soulmate mm-hmm. thing, right? I just knew I just knew I was like that you guys are going to get married and you were like okay like Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. because you're can but anybody who is around you guys probably can feel how powerful and peaceful your connection is it doesn't mean you don't have your moments I'm sure right every couple does but it has this higher spiritual kind of vibration to it that I just picked up on right away yeah. Wow. And that's so interesting you say that because really quickly, um, I'm all into the yoga thing, you mm-hmm. know, and in our community, yoga, um, Eastern, West, uh, Eastern um, religion is, is not, is not popular at all. As a matter <laughs> of fact, it's like this, you know, yeah, so it's like, yeah. get away from me, Satan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so as we're talking, I'm like, okay, how do I tell this brother that, you know, I'm into yoga and I'm into the Eastern religion practices and, and teachings and all this kind of stuff. And so on the phone one day, I told him, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to go to the ashram and I want to visit, you know, my, my, uh, my, my spiritual teacher, her teacher, you know, I want to go see, you know, where that was. And, and he says, I was there. And I'm like, you were where? <laughs> and he said, I was at the, the ashram. I saw, you know, the guru. I, and I'm like, no, Michelle, I'm looking at the phone. Like you can, you got to be kidding me like this. N- no way. Yep. No way. And then come to find out that our spiritual practices are parallel usually soulmates will have like weird things in common about them that they don't realize until they trade stories like right like almost like you just missed each other a million times before you finally met and you have um a a specific message and life purpose that reflects each other I find that that's true like you know and or, or work that's complementary like you might do what you do and then you do you do in, the, in a different way but they kind of support and bolster each other soulmates reunite to elevate the consciousness of the planet period and that, that's you guys are a prime example you had the same spiritual pra- and I know like in your community people are like past life what like <laughs> guru, like you know right yeah, yeah it is and just the fact that like okay is it possible that you guys were looking for each other this whole time, right? Like it's on some like resonating spiritual level, but it took like, you know, the time apart to really learn kind of who you were in this life before you can kind of reunite. But look at this podcast that you guys are doing together and sharing your 
your the beauty of your your union and the power is one two soulmates don't become doubly powerful together they become exponentially so they really do because it's it's like it's got this like you know humanity is going to um heal through the example of of your love and your respect and your power together does that make sense mm-hmm. i i'm 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 a huge admirer of um and i'm psyched you guys invited me to be a part of this podcast because it's got it's got a lot of power to it i just want to say that but i recognized it immediately it's like oh there's your soulmate there he is you know yeah even when i i was just like um okay is that because at that point i was just open to anything like yeah whatever but not really mm-hmm. expecting anything yeah so so you nailed it you don't underestimate on. the power of a full moon eclipse women's meditation <laughs> circle <laughs> for manifesting <laughs> Definitely. So, Michelle, before we get out of here, we just have a couple of more questions for you. Great. Um, One, what is your favorite cuss word? Oh. (laughs) I say shit a lot. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm like in the shit right now, or like the shit hits the fan, or, you know. (laughs) You know, I'm as guests. That's too yeah yeah had a few f-bombs yeah she is, is right there alongside i've been known to drop an f-bomb here and there but i, I think that and my kids will probably agree i'm like always like everything is shitty it's just <laughs> shitty out <laughs> and how can people find you so you can find me on my website, which is Michelle with two L's dash Brock, B-R-O-C-K. I'm also, I'm on Instagram. I'm past life, Michelle. I'm on Facebook. Um, Discover your past lives with Michelle Brock. If you Google Michelle Brock, I come up with, um, I'm on Twitter. I think I'm Michelle Brock on Twitter. I'm on YouTube. Um, but any, any way anybody wants to connect with me, I, I do um, private sessions, but I also do um, webinars um, for people who might not want to do a private session or could afford a pri- private session who want to have the experience. Um, I'm doing that regularly. I also have an online course. I think it's $23, but it's basically a virtual private session with me that you can actually, it's um, six video, video modules where I explain the whole process and then there's a full length past life regression at the end. So I like to make um, the experience of this accessible to everyone everywhere um, regardless. So you can find all that on my website and social media. So awesome. very good. Yeah. So yeah, we're wrapping up. I just uh, want to just um, just revisit this last point because um, even when people are becoming more open or they've had these little experiences and they've had intuitive experiences, but they get charred out of that and brought back to reality, air quotes, because <laughs> of all the injustice and the this and the that and then the media, it's like it can be hard to combat against your inner you know, truths and, and these glimpses that you get and then being bombarded with, there's a racial this, there's a tension that, there's a racism mm-hmm. this, these people are going at each other. You know, so it's like, I just wanna just revisit that it's very important to not get just so easily pulled into these, these external events and stories as, as true and as hurtful as a lot of them are and all that stuff is not, it's not to be downplaying it or it's not unreal, but mm-hmm you can't be pulled into it so much that you just move away from your inner spirit, your inner power. I think that it's important to kind of acknowledge that where we're at right now on planet earth, but particularly in the United States is that there's a reckoning that's happening. And, and, and a lot of this like racial injustice that's being exposed is the shadow work that needs to come out. It's painful it's incredibly difficult. It's, it's painful for people who are on the receiving end of it. It's painful for other people who like just want to pretend it doesn't exist or talk about it. That's a big thing for me. We got to all be having this conversation. But sometimes when you're in the birth canal to a new world, it, you can feel like you're dying right mm-hmm. that's kind of the analogy and we're 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 trying we're we're getting there and we're doing it together and we're it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable as hell it's really 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 hard but it's important to keep kind of focusing on where we're going ahead and how we can 
you know, reconcile some things from our past in order to create a new future, which is in essence, like kind of like a past life regression um, kind of thing. I think that's happening collectively, but we have to keep having these conversations, which is why I'm so grateful that you guys invited me to come and have these conversations because we need, we need to keep talking about it and we need to pretend it's not pretend it doesn't exist, acknowledge it, but at the same time, not get pulled into the negativity of it, right? To, to look at it as lessons and, and areas of growth and notice that when we need to, we need to change, when we need to stand up for something, right? Like it's, I just think we're in the middle of a, creating something new here on planet earth that, can we just get there already, please? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you know, one day at a time, so. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. This has Thank been amazing and very eye-opening. It's great. I'm hoping people got a lot from it to really listen to that inner voice, really be open and yeah. know that you are more than your genetic suit. Yes. Mm -hmm. So thank you. I love you yes, guys. Thank Michelle. you. Thank, thank you, you so, much. so much. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at I am not that underscore podcast. And if you have any questions or any comments of any kind, we'd love to hear from you. That would be our email addresses. I am not that podcast at gmail.com. I am not that podcast at gmail.com. So yes, we'd love to hear from you till next time. <laughs>